Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. It is always an honor and a privilege to have this gentleman on the show, somebody who is doing great things in our greater community, and that is the Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco. Mike, how are we doing today? Hi, Dan. Always a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, it's a great week for us, and uh, I'm really pleased that uh, we have some time to spend together. Absolutely, and, and, and i got to ask you about this. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the big thing is Cincinnati's coming into town at UCF. College game day is going to be there. And what can you say about, you know, finally getting this opportunity, getting college game day, which is, you know, that beacon, that spotlight every week goes somewhere, and they chose to go to UCF. Just what you can say about the opportunity that that creates for the American Athletic and your overall thoughts about it. Yeah, you can't overstate the opportunity because it, it allows us to really uh, put our best foot forward in a, in a national setting, a national showcase. Uh, also, uh, it's a validation, I think, Dan, of what we've accomplished over the last few years, over the last several years, really. Um, it, this is not something that, that has, has sprouted up suddenly. This has been in the making for a long time. And not just UCF's winning streak, but all of our teams have had a lot of success. And we've had you know teams that have won 10 and 11 games. We've had top 25 teams. We've had big bowl wins. Uh, UCF's 22-game winning streak is remarkable, and I think ESPN certainly seized on that. I'm, I'm thankful that they did, they're doing this, and pleased that they are. I think it's a really smart move. It's a unique situation. It might not come around anytime soon. Uh, and playing Cincinnati, it's going to be a very intense, excellent game. Uh, Cincinnati's a very good team. If they hadn't done as well as they've done, I'm not sure game day would necessarily be there. Uh, the fact that we have a primetime game on Saturday night, that's the of all of college football, uh, is a huge thing for the conference because I think we'll you know, we'll have a, a full stadium. It'll be exciting. Uh, I think you'll see a really intense game. And, you know, again, fans, I think, want to see UCF. They want to make their own judgments about them. And um, I think they'll be playing an outstanding team. It, frankly, was a, a shade away from being undefeated itself. You know, almost beat Temple, uh, lost in overtime, and, and gave up the lead with 26 seconds left in regulation. So that's how close Cincinnati uh you know, is to, to being undefeated. So all in all, Dan, I, I can't stress how important it is. It's, it's, it's a validation, but it's also, uh, and maybe it's only the beginning, too, in some ways, because I think we've got a great future. I think this is going to happen more often as our league continues to get stronger. And as we look at this League of the American Athletic Conference, you know, there's a lot of uh, thoughts on the outside looking in. You obviously can't control that, but you know, the, the comments or the, the, the negative reaction to college game day going down to Central Florida, how do you handle that as a conference knowing that this is a team that is 22-0, they won Every, they went 0-12 and then won every game the next season. It, you know, we're able to, to bounce back and do it. Well, you know, we're able to bounce back and do what they did going 0-12 and then getting to 6-6. Six and six. And then in the second season of Scott Frost going undefeated, Scott leaves, takes his entire staff with him. Josh Heupel comes in with a totally new staff. I don't know anybody in the country that has ever accomplished being undefeated with a totally new staff after a staff leaves. So my question is, what else does UCF have to do, yet they still have that critical eye on them that seems to be more critical than on other programs around the country? How do you handle that? How do you look at that, knowing that this is a team that's, you know, they're supposed to go out there and show that they can win, and they've only done it 22 times in a row? 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the issues that we face. I don't think there's any question about it. I think you, you hit it right on the head. Uh, what, do you, what can you do? Well, you know, if you're UCF, uh, you, you, you just keep winning, and eventually you, uh, you win over some of the naysayers. Um, also, uh, I think we, we uh, have to point out that you know, they've played some, some good teams, and they, 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 if you look at common opponents, you know, they beat Pitt 45-14. to 14. Actually, it was 45-7. I think it was less than a minute left, and uh, Pitt scored a touchdown on a long run. Uh, Pitt, as you know, went up to Notre Dame and was leading with five minutes left and only lost 19-14. And uh, they uh, have uh, since uh, defeated uh, Virginia Tech pretty soundly, defeated Virginia, um, defeated uh, a Syracuse team that is now highly ranked. Uh, Pitt has a chance to win the ACC Coastal. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll look at the comparative scores there and, and see what, you know, make your own judgments. Um, the other thing I think we have to do is just point out that UCF has, has been a dominant team uh, when they have played teams maybe that haven't had 500 records. They, they've won in a dominant fashion without running up the score. They've just been dominant. Uh, and, look, you know, they've, they've had some struggles on defense this year, but so has Oklahoma, so have other teams. Uh, but they're still, when, when it's mattered, they've really gutted it out. You know, they, they uh, gave up a lot of points to Memphis in the first half of their game and then uh, didn't let them score in the second half. Same thing with Temple, and only let Temple have six points in the second half. Randy Shannon's excellent defensive coordinator. They made adjustments. This is a really good team. Again, they will lose someday, whether they lose this year, whether they lose Saturday, whether they lose next year. Uh, they will lose uh, sometime. Maybe it'll be two more seasons before they lose. But what they've done is remarkable because, as you pointed out, to win 22 games against anyone is really hard. You know, there are teams, top teams, that have lost to mediocre teams. Clemson had a tough game and lost to Syracuse last year when Syracuse was not the team they are this year. Syracuse did not win another game, but they beat Clemson. Uh, you've had other teams get upset. Uh, I look at this and say, okay, how many, you know, how many, uh, you know, do you, do you win your games? Uh, how do you play? Do you, do you lose a game to a mediocre team that you shouldn't lose to? Do you, uh, you know, do you rise up when you need to? Do you, how do you face adversity when you're, you're in it? And they'll be in some adversity again, I'm sure, on Saturday. They were against Temple. Uh, especially in that first half, they, they were, that game was close throughout. They were against Memphis, so again, uh, who knows what's going to happen? But uh, I think you just you, you just have to be honest and point the facts. Uh, say, look, this is this is what we think. Uh, I understand that uh, you know they they haven't played uh, a, a, a bunch of top twenty-five teams. Although not that many teams have, to be honest with you. Uh, but they're a really good team, and and uh, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for what they've done. And wherever they're ranked, they're ranked. Uh, but I think in the end, this is a chance for them to show the country what they've got, and also a chance for Cincinnati to show the country what they're doing. And it's a chance for the league to put, you know, as I said, our best foot forward. Yeah, when you look at, at the American Athletic Conference on the east side of things, Cincinnati with with all that they're doing, five and one in the conference, and then you look at Temple's five and one in the conference. UCF is six and zero. Oh. Cincinnati and UCF combined are eighteen and one this season. On the other side of it, 
Memphis is still alive to win the West to win the West of the American Athletic. You have Tulane alive, you have SMU alive, you have Houston alive. Sonny Dykes is in his first season and is right now leading the West Division. You have, you know, somebody like Mike Norvell who just signed an extension, who's done some good things over the last couple of years. Luke Fickle's in his second season doing good things. Charlie Strong's in his second season. Jeff Jeff Collins is in his second season. Willie Fritz has taken a few seasons with his Tulane team and now has them in a position. Major Applewhite took over when Tom Herman left for Texas, and he's been doing a lot of good things. This is a conference that every single season seems to have the right coaches. The teams seem to be, seem to be making the right choices. And I always say to people, if the American Athletic isn't that good, then how come the quote-unquote Power Five always wants to poach all the coaches every single year? So... We see these coaches success after success. They're pushing. The focus is on UCF, but the reality of it all is Temple's still alive, Cincinnati's still alive on that side, and then it's a four-way dogfight on the other side, which has got to be pretty exciting for you as the commissioner. It really is, and, and you're right. Uh, we've had a lot of good teams. I think that's the thing I point out, Dan. We've had uh, seven teams that have won ten games over the last several years. And several, you know, a few have won 11 and 12, and then obviously 13. We've had two teams win nine games. Uh, we've had uh, every team go to a bowl except one, and I think that'll get remedied this year. Uh, we've also had multiple top 25 teams the past four years. Uh, we've won those three huge bowl games over the past five years. We've had uh, top 10 teams pretty much every year. Uh, that tells you something. There's a lot of balance in this league. It's a really good league, and. Uh, you know, you can't – Temple uh, – if, if Temple had uh, had Anthony Russo starting at quarterback at the beginning of the season, they probably would have come into the UCF game 7-1. and one. And the same thing with uh, Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter has made a huge difference. And he's a young quarterback. We've got 11 of our teams, uh, 12 teams, Dan, are going to return their quarterbacks next year. Some of them have a couple of quarterbacks. And uh, that's really important. Uh, you know, that's, that, that's a key. This league is, is going to stay competitive. We're going to be, you know, I guess the fly in the ointment with the CFP. And, and uh, I, I think this is the kind of validation that I think we, we needed to have the game day go. Um, I think we need that separation from the, the G4, and I think this helps. That I never denigrate anyone, but, you know, we, we've really got to put ourselves in that D6 uh, range, and, and this helps us to do that. Assuming we put on a good show and, and you know our teams play well, I think we did a couple of weeks ago with Temple, and the fans responded. I think fans will want to watch this game because UCF's a, you know definitely a, uh, you know a, 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 you know it's a story, and people want to see want to make their own determinations. Uh, and, and you know I think even on the playoff side, people want to see whether they they would be a deserving team for a playoff. And they're and they're they're a really talented team. So is Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got a Terrific running back, great defense, a good quarterback. Uh, they're they're going to be a very formidable opponent. We don't have any. We have very few easy games in this league. And when we look at this, you know, league and, and moving forward, I spoke with half of the uh, American Athletic Conference coaches. Uh, typically, I talk with them all. I had the opportunity to speak with a bunch of them, and from Jeff Collins to Luke Fickle to Charlie Strong, Josh Heupel, Mike Norvell, Willie Fritz, I asked them all about the P6 conversation as opposed to the G5, and all of them believed that, uh, and they were talking about being on the outside of it seeing it before. Luke Fickle was saying, you know, this was a P6 before I got in it. Charlie Strong saying, oh, there's no question that he respected it from the outside looking in. 
So just what you could say that, you know, your coaches are speaking that language and they're believing that and they have no problem putting it out there publicly and that some of these coaches that were in the P5 are saying, when we were on the outside of this thing, we respected it and on the inside of it, we respect it. So that's, you know, for you as as a, the commissioner that's really pushed this P6 and created this environment, it's got to feel good to know that your coaches believe in it and that your coaches hang their hat on it and that when they were in other conferences, they saw it back then too. Well, that's true. They've come into this league, these coaches, and they've all been associated with the P5 and P6, and so have I. My, my whole career, I've been involved in broadcasting the big games in the P5, and I, I know when our teams can compete. I've seen it. I've seen the talent our teams have. Remember, we've won 33 games, uh, Dan, over the past three-plus years uh, since the conference got re, uh, reestablished with Navy joining. Um, against the P5, we've had those three big bowl wins. That doesn't happen by accident. In addition, look at the NFL players we've produced. Look at the great players that are all over the NFL, and look at how many draft picks we had relative to some of the, the P5 conferences. So this this conference is loaded with talent. I think any, any coach coming in recognizes that. They've all said that, and they've all seen the other side of it. Uh, also, when uh, you know when they played us, it's been competitive, and when uh, when they're here, they realize that there just are not a lot of easy weeks. Yeah, we've got a few teams that are struggling, but. Um, you know, even a team like East Carolina is going to be a pretty formidable team in a year or two. There's no question they've got more talent. Uh, you look at Tulane, you look at SMU, even Tulsa, very good defense. And if Tulsa gets a quarterback, uh, if they can get their quarterback situation straightened out, they're going to be very good. So, again, top to bottom, I think we can compete with these six leagues, you know, and uh, just give us a chance. Uh, this one uh, is a chance to show our conference off. You know, it's uh, it's it's the first conference game, Dan, that we've had on on ABC in prime time on Saturday night, and that is the the window. And it gives a chance. It gives Chris Fowler and Kirk, you know, Kirk Kershaw a chance to see us up close to see what kind of environment we have at the stadium. Uh, that's something important too, because we we want to create that excitement. We want to show that we can, you know, we can do it just like the P five do it. Uh, so we'll see, but I'm 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 optimistic that we'll put on a good show. Uh, I'm optimistic that Game Day will have a huge crowd, and I think we'll all have a lot of fun. It's a uh, high point for the conference. Uh, I, I thanked our our office. I I said every one of you has has contributed to this. Uh, everything we've done over the last six years, you know, small things, bigger things, have led to this, and and it's it's hardly the end. It's more you know the old Churchill saying, it's not the uh, beginning of the end, it's the end of the beginning. And now we have to go from there and uh, continue to uh, to make our mark. And I want to ask you about that uh, really quick here before we close up, and and that is, you know, uh, about the college football playoff and, and just just what you think about, you know, the the committee seems reluctant to put UCF in the top ten until the end. They kind of they hold them at eleven or they hold them just outside. Does what needs to happen? Does the college football playoff need to expand? I mean, because right now there's a power five, but there's four spots. And typically, there's one spot for Alabama, one spot for the ACC, another spot for the SEC, and then the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 fight for that fourth spot. Outside of that, the American Athletic Conference doesn't really get an opportunity in there to, to fill that spot. So what do we need to do with the college football playoff and what else does the American Athletic have to do to get a little bit higher in these rankings? Well, you know, I think you just keep winning to begin with and hope for the best. Now, there's some good teams in that top ten. I'm not arguing that. And, and at least 
at least you don't see any three loss teams, four loss teams in the top ten. Uh, you've got a two loss team uh, with LSU, but uh, I, I think uh, UCF can play with those teams. I, I'm convinced they can. Uh, would I like to see them ahead of some of those one loss teams? Absolutely. I think that some of it's branding, without question. Um, and they they use strength of schedule, and it's frustrating. Uh, they talk about the defense of UCF, but what about the defense of Oklahoma? And what about uh, you know uh, some of the other teams? Uh, I think that um, UCF can play with pretty much anyone. Um, this year, Alabama and Clemson seem to be superior, but you never know. Um, I, I think we just have to keep, as Archie Manning would say, Dan, sawing wood, keep, keep doing what we're doing, hope that uh, ultimately we can convince more people, you know, we keep, if we can win these non-conference games, win these big bowl games eventually, I think it, it might it might tell. Now, in terms of the uh, the playoff, I did talk a little bit today at, at interviews with ESPN and others. Uh, I talked about possibly looking into expanding the playoff field only because I am frustrated that it's really hard for a team like UCF or, or you know, a G5 team, and I'm, I'm more concerned about our conference, obviously, than any other, but to get into this. And, and, you know, they said last year that if UCF went undefeated again, it would be such a remarkable achievement that they deserve to be in. But clearly, they're, they're not even in the top ten. And so, you know, strength of schedule always comes up. Um, I'm not sure our, our league is given credit for what it's done the last few years. It, it really reflects how strong it is. Um, you know, they, there are metrics that anybody can use, but as I said, look at the common opponent, look at the pit game, look at some of the other games. Um, look, they, they ranked uh, UCF very high, and that's flattering to us. Uh, on the other hand, we'd like to see them higher. You'd like to see a team like UCF have a shot at this thing. Uh, you don't want to see half of FBS not really you know, having a reasonable shot. Uh, and so consequently, uh, we could at least look at, at, uh, at the playoff for, format and see whether there's any interest. I don't know. Maybe even the P5 might have some if uh, enough of their team uh, conferences don't get in. What if this year you had uh, a couple of SEC teams in Notre Dame? You'd have three major conferences left out, including us. Uh, and, and then uh, you might you might see some interest uh, percolate. I don't, there isn't any really right now, I don't think. But I think there are probably going to be some, and I, I've kind of changed my view. I'm, I'm a little more open to exploring it than I was. You know, I, I, we have a great regular season, but I'm not even sure we wouldn't even have a greater one if you had a few more teams that could potentially be in this thing. And, and you know, the, the wear and tear on the kids is important, too. That's something you got to consider, and that's always been one of the issues for me. But when I look at our league and I look at the frustration and I look at these great kids and I'd love to see them have a chance to get that golden ring, you know, that, that pass ring, as they say, if you – it's something that at least we ought to at least look at. That's all I'm saying at this point. I'm not saying we should do it. I'm just saying it's something that we ought to we ought to at least explore. Well, yeah, and the big thing that comes up is the fact of you know if, if UCF is that bad and they can't play with anybody and they don't play that tough of a schedule, then throw them up against somebody and see what they could do. I think Auburn was a test. I think it was the way for the committee to say, let's give them Auburn, let's give them the team that just didn't make it, that was the first team out of the college football playoff, to kind of put UCF in their place, and it didn't work. So, you know, I always say, if you think that they're not that great or you think that they can't do it, the best way to shut up the conversation is to put it head-to-head. And UCF, when they do that, tends to answer in a very positive UCF way. So I'd like to see UCF get another chance because it's not like, and as you know, Mike, it's not like every chance that UCF has gotten they haven't taken and found a way to win. 
Well, that's true. And so Houston found a way to win, and, and the UCF team of Blake Bortles and all those great players, Storm Johnson and the great receivers, Brashad Perriman, all those great players, they did it against Baylor, and they were a 20-point underdog, biggest underdog in the history of the BCS. So we've, I've always said our best teams uh, can play with anyone. Uh, this year, a lot of people doubt that anyone can play with Alabama or Clemson, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put. Um, you know, uh, it beyond UCF to be the kind of team that could give those teams trouble because they have a, a, a really strong veteran offensive line and they have playmakers everywhere on the field. And defensively, they're very opportunistic and and they bend, but they they typically don't break when it matters. So you never know, and and that's I think what fans want to see. They they want to see whether uh, the so-called Cinderella can do it, and that's what sports is. Sports is you play the games. You don't just assume somebody's better than somebody else. You have to play the games. And uh, look, it's a it's a tough thing. I respect that committee a lot, and I understand it. there are a lot of good teams that they have to rank and they have to weigh strength of schedule and they have to weigh everything else. But I just think that in this particular case. Uh, you have a unique story, and uh, who knows? Who knows where it's going to go? The season's not over yet. You never know. Uh, and uh, I think it's up to our teams to just uh, continue to impress people. And if they do, then eventually, you know, the dam breaks. That's just the way it works. And coming from Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Mike, I know you have a very busy schedule this week. I can't thank you enough for always spending some time with me here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. And I look forward to talking with you soon. And I hope that you have a tremendous weekend at College Game Day and obviously with Cincinnati and UCF. Well, Dan, I'm always uh, pleased to be able to spend time with you. One, because you're knowledgeable, you know what you're doing. And, and two, you've always had an interest in this conference. You've always been fair to this conference. And I really can't thank you enough. This is a great chance for me to talk about things. And uh, as I said earlier, I'm not going to hype us when we don't deserve it. I'm just going to talk about what we've done, true achievements. And uh, I really appreciate having the, you know, the chance to talk to you. And, uh, again, enjoy the weekend. It should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We'll make sure you have some fun, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you, Dan. Take care. Have a good evening.